Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I think I'm going to go on and do this podcast kind of like the way I did the last one. <clears throat> the entire podcast pretty much is going to be dedicated to this one particular thing. But um, before I jump into that, I don't have much of an opening, nothing like that for you guys, nothing to necessarily talk about in particular, should I say. But um, I got these news reports that I'm going to go over briefly before we jump off into um, the conversation at hand where I talk about Lord, these men. Yes, finally, we have an episode where the Prince of Petty goes in on the men. Yes, you males can get it too. I know I said that 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 my podcast is to shed light on on the blights of the black community and a lot of the things that these women do. But as of late, it has come to my attention that these males are delusional. These males are just as bad as these women. And I and I just recently found that out, unfortunately. But starting this off, ladies and gentlemen, I got a few um I got a few stories that I want to go over real quick with you all, just touching on them. Cause um both of these stories, or both maybe three, I think I got like three or four or something like that. A lot of these stories are um are literally and figuratively ongoing investigations like this stuff just happened like days ago and stuff so um i'm gonna jump off into that play these uh, play these few news reports real quick and i'll be back with the first one breaking news out of north miami we now know the identity of a mother accused of killing her three-year-old daughter the disturbing crime happening inside their north miami beach home earlier today it's a story we've been following all day since CBS4 this morning. CBS4's Chelsea Jones has been digging into the mother's past. She is live with what she found in just the last couple of hours. Chelsea. Yeah, so Elliot, Jaleesa Baxter, according to arrest documents, was sitting in her living room in her robe next to this deceased child, according to police. Those documents also reveal that she actually tried to strangle the child first. It didn't work, so she stabbed her. This has been an active scene for over 12 hours. It remains that way at this hour. Let's get you to some daytime footage of this scene. The first shot you're going to see here is of the tarp draping over the apartment in question. We're told that Jaleesa Baxter lived in a third-floor apartment here. Here. Police say this all happened just before two. They say Baxter called 911 herself, admitting to stabbing her own child. Now, these are pictures from Jaleesa's Instagram where she has identified a child as her daughter. We're choosing not to show her face at this time. Investigators say that that three-year-old child was stabbed multiple times in multiple places, and those cuts were deep. Now, you're looking at some video of the medical examiner leaving the scene. Right now, it's unclear what may have provoked Baxter to to commit this crime, but police say she was taken into custody without incident. She's charged with first-degree murder and aggravated child abuse, and one local businesswoman here says as a mother of four, this scares her. Don't do that, the kids. Don't do that. Always is a new life. Always is new future. More woman. I'm so sorry for the family. And North Miami Beach police say that Baxter has no criminal history with their department. We've reached out to the Department of Children and Families to see if there's a history there. And coming up at 6, we'll take a deeper look into who we know Jaleesa Baxter to be. For now, live in North Miami Beach, I'm Chelsea Jones, CBS 4 News. 
Right now at 4 o'clock, we are learning more about a South Florida mother accused of murdering her young daughter, the 24-year-old appearing in court today. And we're now hearing those 911 calls for help after police say she stabbed her own baby. Local 10's Leanne Bodehong is live with the latest developments. Leanne. And in just the last few moments, we have received those chilling 911 calls from that mother herself. We must warn you, it is hard to listen to, but she herself is the one who called 911 and told the dispatcher what she'd just done. Jalissa, hi. Can you tell me what's happening there? Yes, I just killed my daughter. How old is your daughter? Three. And how how did you kill your daughter? I tried strangling her. That didn't work, so I stabbed her with a knife in the neck and chest. Those words from a mother, just impossible to comprehend. Meanwhile, I've just spoken with a man who says he is Jalissa Baxter's stepfather. And although he says he didn't know her particularly well, he says he did meet her at least once when Jalissa Baxter's mother was in the hospital dying of cancer. He says that just from that meeting, he couldn't tell that something so horrible would happen. I was very surprised. I was very, 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 very surprised. The man speaking is the stepfather of Jalissa Baxter, the 24-year-old now behind bars for the stabbing death of her three-year-old daughter. I met her one time, and that was in August when she came to Orlando to visit her mom. Harold Hemmings says he was married to Baxter's mother since 2018. In August, Baxter's mother was in the hospital dying of cancer. Hemmings says Baxter brought her daughter with her for a visit. I met the child that day. She was just a healthy going, running around child. Hemmings never believed that four months after this meeting, Baxter would do the unthinkable. She dialed 911 and told the dispatcher she had strangled, then stabbed her child multiple times with a knife inside their North Miami Beach apartment. Records show Baxter was sent an eviction notice just days before. She seemed like she was a loving mama, but I think at the time she needed help. She was like stressed. Baxter appeared before a judge Wednesday morning. This probably does for the charges. Ordered held without bond. Hemming says he feels compelled to stay on top of her case out of loyalty to her mother. You know, that's her child, you know, so I guess, you know, I, I, if I can do something, you know, I'll, I guess I, 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 would, I just want to do it. And coming back out live here, you can see there is now a growing memorial outside of that door to apartment 311 where this tragedy unfolded. We can tell you that in regards to Jalissa Baxter's case, there is an immigration hold here. That is because she is a Jamaican national. We know that this case is making headlines in Jamaica, according to Harold, who's spoken to loved ones there. More to come on this story for now. Reporting live in North Miami Beach, Leanne Morejon, Local 10 News. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, a woman killing her child is not something that is westernized. You can be from the UK, you can be from America, you can be from Thailand, you can be from Mexico, and in this case, you can even be from Jamaica. Killing your children is something that's kind of expected at this point. This is nuts. This is crazy. This woman tried to strangle her child. That didn't work. So she stabbed her child. I guess she figured, hell, 
I can't I can't wring your goddamn neck. I'm going to sink this knife into your chest. Did you hear how chilling and cold that 911 call was? How calm, cool, and collected she was. Understand something, folks. Let me just get this out here. I'm just, I'm just put this out in the open. Uh, I shouldn't have to put this out in the open because logical and rational people actually would understand where I'm coming from. But I just want to say this for those of whom may be a tad bit confused with my content and the way I speak. See, I speak the way I speak because I need to out a lot of these things because a lot of these news stories you people wouldn't hear until you came to me a lot of these news stories you wouldn't hear unless you went to certain people on youtube see when i speak and i and i say the phrase these women for example these are the things these women do see when i say things like that i'm pertaining to women like the one in the news articles that I go over when I when I'm talking about um, women abusing the system abusing child support abusing government assistance I'm speaking about the women who are in that scenario see I understand it's not all I wholeheartedly get that that's why I have to keep saying I know it's not all I know it's not all I know it's not all that's why I have to keep saying that because you run across this 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 delusional group who who hears my content or who might read my posts or who might read my comment under a post and and you have this particular group of people who just sees fit to raise their hand oh it's not me oh I don't do that Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I don't do those things. Well, if you don't do those things, why are you so quick to come raise your hand under something that I've said or in, in my podcast to contact me and be like, oh, I don't do that. If you don't do that, shut the fuck up. That means I'm not talking to you. It's just that simple. I don't understand how that's so hard of a concept to grasp. If you don't do it, I'm not talking to you. If you don't have a pending child murder case, I'm not talking to you. If you know for a fact you spend your child support on your child, I'm not talking to you. If you know you're not abusing, yeah, you might be um, on Section 8. You might, you might receive food stamps. But if you know and understand that this is a starting point to get you to where to help you get to where you need to be in life. You understand that's a starting point and you're not abusing it. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to bitches like this. Who sees fit to not be able to handle being a mother. So instead of putting your child up for adoption. You kill her. Stories like this hits home to me. Because I have that young girl. I have a two year old. And anyone who knows me. Anyone who knows me personally. They know my daughter is the spawn of Satan himself. I believe my daughter is going to kill me in her sleep. Kill me in my sleep. I wholeheartedly believe that. My daughter is evil. Completely evil. I don't know if it's just because she's in her terrible twos. I don't get it because you only turn two once. So I don't understand this concept of terrible twos. I mean, you only, you only turn two once. 
But my daughter's bad as hell. God, dog, my daughter bad as shit. But not once, not once have I ever came to the conclusion or ever even had the thought to want to wring my child's neck or to sink a knife into her chest. Not once. I love my daughter with every ounce of my being because I'm a father, because I'm a parent. But for some reason, for whatever reason, I gave you guys the numbers before. A lot of mothers sees fit to off their children. And I don't understand why. I don't get it. Everybody says it's a mental imbalance, postpartum. Um, bitch, I'm depressed. Just merely being a, a, an adult black male in society. I'm depressed. Never once thought to kill my kid. But yet the women gets this excuse of, 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 of postpartum depression. A completely different level of depression where... Where anything can literally happen. Anything. This bitch can open a dimensional rift through time and space. And people will say it's postpartum depression. Anything can happen. She can do anything. I wholeheartedly believe postpartum is a get out of jail free card. I wholeheartedly believe postpartum depression is a myth. It is the way doctors explain the unexplainable when it comes to a woman offing her child. That's what I believe. I'm willing to have this conversation with anybody. I am. That is something that I personally believe. It's a get out of jail free card. It's the only way these doctors can explain this, this woman doing these heinous things. And they get a slap on the wrist day in and day out, time and time again. I hope this woman gets the death penalty. I do. You killed that little girl in cold blood, then had the audacity to be so calm, like, like you did nothing wrong. Like she did nothing wrong. She called the police without nair tear in her eye. She talked to the police without her voice cracking once. Stating what she did. Not once. You can hear it in her voice. Not once did she feel remorse. Not once did she even feel sad about it. That is insane to me. But I read one of the news reports um, prior to these these news videos, this audio I play for you all. And the stepfather claims that she was possibly just stressed. So before she even stands before a judge. We're getting that mental illness card, stress, depression. That's what we're getting before she even stands before a judge. We're going to excuse what this woman did to this child before she even stands before a judge. 
let that sink in. That is crazy to me. That is crazy to me. It seems like every time I come on here, I'm proven right. Every single time. No one can prove me wrong. Not a single person. But we're going to move on to another story. Um, I got to find it here. If you'll be so kind to hold tight. Um, I have another story here. And this one is literally just as egregious as the first one. Hold tight. Let me pull that up real quick. It's hard to not have your stomach turn reading it. In the arrest report, JSO officers that responded detailed that the baby's ribs were protruding from its body with its stomach caved in. And in the arrest report, it also says that medical officials noted the baby was extremely malnourished, weighing just around seven pounds. And for some comparison and context, according to the CDC, the average weight of a five-month-old boy is typically around 16 pounds, over double of that. The arrest report says, upon investigation, JSO was also given surveillance video showing McGowan abusing this five-month-old boy, hitting him repeatedly, among other acts, in the clubhouse of her apartment complex just days before the child's death. Action News Jax's law and safety expert Dale Carson is a former FBI agent and police officer with decades of experience. He says this report paints the picture of a woman incapable of controlling her emotions. Clearly... The behavior of the mother in this case is, well, it's tragic is what it is. I mean, it clearly is someone who has no ability to control her emotions or no impulse control. A Tanaya McGowan in Jacksonville took to social media after the incident, posting photos of what appears to be her now deceased child, saying the hospital still wouldn't tell her what happened. According to the arrest papers, McGowan also told investigators the baby had never been taken to the doctors after his birth, something Carson says is typical and usually intentional in the case of an abused or neglected child. If a child had been in medical care, clearly they would have foreseen what the prognosis might have been if the child wasn't properly cared for, and they are obligated under the law to contact uh, law enforcement and to disclose, to disclose these issues. Carson says in a case like this, with the alleged combination of neglect and abuse ending in the death of a child, that typically carries up to 30 years in prison. Carson also noted the fact that the abuse was memorialized, as he called it, or caught on video. A court would be more likely to go for the maximum sentence if there is a conviction. But he says cases like this don't typically go to trial. Instead, they typically end in plea deal agreements. For local coverage, you can count on live from the north side of Jacksonville, Logan McDonald, Action News. This is unreal. Well, there you have it, guys. Another one, another one, another one. Mom killing her kid. I, I I can't tell if this chick here was black, maybe Spanish, possibly mixed. I can't exactly tell. She's very light-skinned. And what the news report, this particular news report, what the news report did not tell you is she was a struggling OnlyFans model. Take a breath. Take a breath. I'll wait. Let that sink in. This woman was a struggling OnlyFans model. Yeah. 
So while you sitting on a dude's face, maybe sitting on a penis, um, in front of your camera, um, um, fingering yourself or selling off your body and all that, this woman's child was in the other room being starved to death. Take another breath. That's what the news article says. She was a struggling OnlyFans model. Kick's part about it is she's not that bad looking. She's actually very pretty. But you can't fall for it. You can't fall for it. Any woman, any woman is capable of this. I told y'all on the podcast before. Every, every woman, but I'm going to change that right now. I'm going to say every person, everyone, all of you, myself included, being a black male of, um, of mental anguish in, in the past, anyone, we all have these switches in our heads. It's just a matter of whether or not that switch turns on or stay off. But once that switch is turned on, anything can happen. And in this case, her switch turned on while her child was being born because she neglected this child for the entire five months of that little boy's life. The video of him in her arms, he is literally shaking. He's shaking so hungry and so weak. He's sucking on his pacifier like like it's literally a last meal. She's in the room getting some dick, putting up OnlyFans content, mind you, in an empty ass apartment. The bitch didn't even have furniture. Didn't even have furniture. But you're an OnlyFans model. You wanted to start a career on OnlyFans. don't even have furniture you got this kid though you got this kid that's 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 apparently proof that somebody wanted to knock you up and sleep with you you have this kid that's proof that you were wanted didn't even have furniture in your damn apartment starved this child to death then there's video footage of her abusing the child in the lobby of her apartment complex. Where she covered him up with a blanket and apparently there was another child with her. So does she have two children? Was she babysitting? Was that like one of her little cousins? Maybe a little a little sibling or something? I don't know, but there was another child with her. This news report only gave you half the information. Just being honest with you. The news report didn't say anything about her OnlyFans. The news report didn't say anything about her being broke. The news report didn't say anything about um about the other child being with her in the apartment complex lobby while she was abusing the little boy. So this news report didn't give you too much information. I'm throwing all this at you. Boy. Constantly proven right. I am constantly proven right right every time you can't stop me every time when I speak talking about saying the phrase these women 
I'm speaking about the type of women in which is the context of the conversation at hand. These women, like this bitch, like the like the previous Jamaican bitch, women like this are fucking evil. I'm sorry. It is not postpartum. It is not depression. It is not stress. These people are evil. You're going to blame starving a five-month-old to death on postpartum? She was depressed. Maybe she was stressed. She neglected the boy the entire time he was, he was alive for all five months. This was planned. You wanted that little boy to die while you focused on getting penis. While you focused on sucking dick. While you focused on posing naked in front of a camera. While you focused on selling your body. You couldn't even feed your child regularly. You can't say you didn't have money because the government gives you WIC. What does WIC do? WIC allows that child to have, at the very least, formula. Should you not want to breastfeed, the child gets formula. There's no excuse. You'll rather focus on OnlyFans to get a fast dollar. Trying to be like these Instagram thoughts and so on. You just want money fast. There's no excuse. You could have got a job somewhere. This is post this is post COVID. There's jobs hiring everywhere. No excuse. None. But this is what these types of women do. She did what she was what she was here on this planet to do. And that was kill a child. That's what she was brought to this planet to do. And she she obliged. These women are evil. I'm tired of giving these women excuses. I'm tired of hearing excuses for these women. These women like this are pure evil. And I hope she serves every day of those 30 years. Hell, just like the previous Jamaican chick. I hope she gets the death penalty. You allowed that child to die. You neglected that child. Now, granted, he was only five months. I mean, but by five months, the children are laughing and smiling by that time. So the child understands kind of what's funny or what pisses him off. This child did not serve a single happy day in his life with you as his mother. And I believe that should be reprimanded. 30 years is not enough, ma'am. Society, the courts, talking to y'all, 30 years is not enough. Lock this whore up for the rest of her life. Or just flat out kill her. But knowing this is a woman and knowing how biased our judicial system is, I told y'all children are the least protected group in society. People say it's black women. People say it's women in general. They're the least protected. No, 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 no. It's children. Children are the least protected group among society and no one cares. This child needs to be avenged. That previous child with the Jamaican chick needs to be avenged. That three-year-old, she needs to be avenged. But just like all the other children's stories that I've done, y'all gonna forget about them next week. 
Y'all gonna forget about them two weeks from now. These children are never remembered. But let a known drug dealer get killed by the fucking police. He becomes a hashtag. Hashtag these children who die day after day by the hands of the one person they're supposed to love and supposed to love them. Hashtag these children. Would y'all believe that those three podcasts that I did back to back on children being murdered by the mothers, would you believe there's no updates on them? Take a breath. There's no updates. Even in my own city, New Orleans, Louisiana. Remember the story I did with Janae Palaskill? The chick who stabbed her children, the father bust into the house, saved the children. One of them died at the hospital. Remember that story? There's no update for that. Last I heard, she was probably going, she was probably probably going to get a mental vacation. That was the last time I heard anything about that story. I don't know anything about um her day in court. Which should have been which should have been somewhere in October. 2022 at the time of this recording it at the time of this recording it is um the end of december going into the new year um the end of december the last time i pulled up anything about that story was i believe in late october not a single update these children are constantly forgotten about children are the least cared about and the least protected among society it's crazy to me but uh, I got one more story here for you guys, and we're going to get on with the show. Uh, I don't mean to start off so gloomy for y'all. I really don't. Um, what is this next one? There's no news report for this one, but there is an article. Um, so we have a chick, another one, died from a BBL. Ooh, shocking. Well, it turns out this lady... Went to get a BBL surgery and the person who was giving the anesthesia apparently was not certified to give anesthesia. The young lady went to sleep. They performed the surgery. She died with a nice ass. There you go. She never woke up again. She died with a big butt. They performed the surgery, did everything they were supposed to do, did everything she signed up to do. They did the surgery while she was knocked out sleep. Little did they know she died. Let it sink in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let it sink in. Once again, I'm proven right. These women, women like her, these women. They sit up here not happy with themselves, not happy with their own bodies. They would rather get things done to them to attract DNA, dick and attention. She was a pretty attractive woman prior to the surgery. Don't know what you needed it for. Pretty attractive. But no, they want they want all the attractiveness. They want it all. They want everyone to grovel at their feet. Look at my beautiful fake ass. Look at my nice, firm, fake breasts. Look at my, my, my flawed but slim waistline. 
I got this by using a rejected men's back brace and called it a waist trainer. That's what they do. That's what they do. So unhappy with themselves, but yet these white women out here showing you that you can go to the gym, get firm thighs, get thick calves, get a fat ass. These white women out here showing you the process to do. But no, you're going to go to the DR and get a BBL done under the table. No, no, you, you, you would rather go to Dr. Miami. Instead of going to the gym and getting this done naturally. Oh, no, you want that DNA right in there. You, 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 want, you want instant gratification. This stuff is dangerous, people. Now, granted, she didn't die from the BBL surgery itself. She died from the idiot anesthesiologist. Well, I can't even say anesthesiologist because the motherfucker wasn't even certified to be given anesthesia anyway. So I smell lawsuit. But in hindsight to that, ma'am, you shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. Like I said, she was pretty attractive. You didn't need that done. The hell you going to get a... The hell you gonna get a BBL for? Why? You're pretty as it is. I never, I, I would never understand these females' mindsets. I, I, I won't. I can't. And once again, let me elaborate more, give you more context. When I say these women, I'm talking about the types of women in the context of the conversation that we're currently having. I'm not, I'm not speaking about all of you. If you've never gotten a BBL done, I'm not talking to you clearly. You women who get these fake breasts, these BBLs done, you're putting your life on a chopping block. And then when you get it done, you don't even see fit to stay in the gym and keep it. You put that waist trainer on and do all that to your waist, debilitating your organs and shifting shit around on the inside, fooling around with them damn waist trainers so you can get a pencil-sized waist with a basketball ass and chicken legs. Like you just skipped a leg day altogether. What's the point in that? You look disgusting to me personally. Now I don't like BBLs and, and things like that. I don't like fake breasts and things like that. Uh, all right, I'm done with these stories here. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to Facebook. Yes, we're going to the great beyond of the internet. We are going to some Facebook groups, some followers of the late Kevin Samuels. I gave you my thoughts on Kevin Samuels multiple times before. I'll just reiterate it here. Kevin Samuels should not have the following, the following base that he has because Kevin Samuels only repeated the words of Tommy Sotomayor and others, word for word, time and time again. This man has only regurgitated information that was already given out. He went and regurgitated things that men were already speaking on. But yet, nobody knows who Tommy Sotomayor is because of Kevin Samuels being around. Tommy Sotomayor started this manosphere, the black manosphere. Mind you, 
he's not a member of the black manosphere because he doesn't like the people that's a part of it because all they do is repeat him. Kevin Samuels was one of those people. And we're going to go into a few of these Kevin Samuels followed Facebook groups. And we're going to look at some of these posts that are made by these men. I told y'all last episode that I might sound like a hypocrite because I don't like it when men speak out, when men, when men speak from their heart, speak their mind. And women sit up here and just say, oh, you heard and all that. These women, these men here, they are in fact hurt. They're hurt. Oh, they're hurt. They're hurt bad. God dog, they're, they're hurting bad because these posts are not for the betterment of women. These posts are not for the empowerment of men. These posts are hate filled. And that's where I come in. I call out everyone's BS. I speak from a place of love and logic. Just because you're a man don't mean I'm not going to come on here and talk about you like a damn dog. Men and women, they can get it from me. Today, it's the man's turn. Let's get it. Black hypocrisy. Whoa, I'm back. Oh, let's see how this turned out. Me and my raspy voice. I hate the sound of my voice. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch, I'm on my IG. Stalking ass bitches out here thinking they gonna play with me. Yo pussy good? Newsflash. Bitches for the hood. All them kids and not a single daddy. Spent your grown life out here playing Superman. Highest count of child murders. Yeah, bitch, that's you. Thinking you a goddess, but we all know that ain't true. Why y'all wear them nails? Go get BBLs. Leaving your kids fatherless, y'all need to be in jail. Lower self-esteem, that's why y'all asses mean. You're the last one's chosen, the last one that's seen. Look at her, she mad at me, I hope she take a number. Shit, that's why these men don't really love you. Looking at y'all focus, y'all need to take a halt. Child in the system, is really y'all fault. Look how the kids are raised up and down in the ghetto. Raised around nothing but thugs and pedals. You hate the men you raise, but all y'all do is praise. Bitches like Cardi B, y'all minds in the haze. She ain't even black, but got the right to use nigga. But y'all look up to that thing with that weird figure. Why y'all hate men? You know y'all really need us. Without us, y'all can kill that fetus. Sucking cock. Hey, look like a mop. Got a street interview looking like a thot. I got a hard realization for these chicks. I got a hard realization for these chicks. 15 years old, I got up and got my mind woke. Y'all niggas looking stupid because y'all still wearing blindfolds. I got a hard realization for these chicks. I got a hard realization for these chicks. 15 years old, I got up and got my mind woke. Y'all niggas looking stupid because y'all still wearing blindfolds. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Hypocrisy Podcast. I am your host, the Prince of Petty, and we are about to do this thing. Let's get it.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I had a very good show planned for y'all today. I really did. Where I was going to go over the posts from these hurt beta male simps of our society and on Facebook. Those of you who know how I record and set up my podcast. That open, y'all just heard before the intro music. That open was recorded literally the day after I posted the previous um, episode. See, I do these things throughout a course of time because I'm a very busy person and I got my kid, my job, blah, 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 blah. Whatever the case may be, I record when I have the time to. So that recording was from some days ago. And in between the time of me making that open and me coming back to actually do the show, you know, going through the Facebook post or what have you, I shit you not. Every Kevin Samuels group on Facebook kicked me out and changed their privacy to where all the posts that I had saved, they're all hidden now. <laughs> Man, these guys are hurt. I I can't make this up. <laughs> I can't make this up. Me getting kicked out of those groups completely derailed my podcast. Completely derailed it. And I want to take this time to truly apologize to you all. I really do. I had I had at least 20 or 30 posts that I had saved. Some were good. They were really good ones too. Pretty much all of them were posted by delusional men. All stupid. All uneducated Negroes talking down on women who have children and having their value lowered and all that jazz. But disregarding how that person became a single mother. And I commented on everything. Some 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 of my primary comments were basically just um the Joker from Batman eating popcorn. Like a gif of the Joker eating popcorn. That was the bulk of my po that was the bulk of my comments. Cause I was literally just there for the comments. That was nigga comedy to me. That's what the majority of that shit was. Nigga comedy. And I think that was my primary mistake. Just commenting, period. Just letting my presence be known. I think that was my primary mistake. But don't worry. Don't worry. I'ma lie my way back into those groups again. And I'm going to get that episode done. <laughs> oh, trust and believe that. I'm going to get that episode. If I just got to, if I just have to merely see the post and screenshot it in my cell phone or something, I'm going to get that episode done. We're going to talk about these men. Oh, trust and believe we're going to talk about these men. But yeah, those dudes hurt and I may expose them. But that reason um, why the reason why you're seeing this on Apple, iHeartRadio, whatever you're listening to me on, um, the name of this episode is different, of course, because I was supposed to be talking about men, which I'm not. But this is about a story that came across my inbox, and I'm a few days late on this. Uh, you know, doing my work schedule, what have you. I'm kind of late. Um, so. Cue the serious tone. All jokes stop now. 
Uh, we talk about Kel Mitchell and how how society attempted to out that man, saying how he never wanted to be in his kid life. But then Kel put egg on every naysayer's face when he released the court documents, stating that he tried to be in his child's life for years. The mom would just simply no show the court dates. Proving that we as men, we're out here trying, we're out here fighting. Which leads me to beg the question, why do we have to fight at all? Which brings up another question. Why was this woman never reprimanded by family court? Why does he or why does any man have to go through the trouble and money to, 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 to see to it that the courts do their jobs? If this woman is not showing up for court appearances, why does the court not get DCFS involved and take the child from her? on grounds of suspicion of alienation. Granted, Kel Mitchell is, he's like a B-list celeb uh, celebrity for the most part, but his money is a hell of a lot longer than mine or yours. So it's nothing for him to fight. It's nothing for him to go through the process. It's nothing for him to file document after document. But common folk, there's a line. We tend to run out of money eventually. We tend to miss too many days of work. We tend to stop caring. At some point, that child becomes brainwashed. And sooner or later, it's time to wash our hands of the situation and hope for a day to come to where that child reaches out on his or her own free will. Because the mother consistently gets away with keeping the child from the father. Or... You get a story like this. You get a story like the one I'm going to talk about today. I brought up Kel Mitchell because it allows me to segue into this topic. This is a story where once again, I am able to lay out the groundwork of why the system needs to be revamped, of why DCFS is full of Ignorant people who don't deserve jobs, who don't love these kids, and they only go to work for a paycheck. Of why these women, like the one here in this story, should never be considered the domiciliary parent. Of why these men are out here killing their children's mothers. Because of stories like this. Because of stories like eight-year-old Amaria Osby being killed by her educated black queen black mom why was this little girl murdered you may be wondering why because the little girl eight year old Amaria Osby because the little girl loved her dad more than she loved her mom. Sit on that for a moment. I'm not making that up. Let's hear these news reports. I think I have like four or five. And I'll be back. And trust me when I say. 
I am going to drop that fucking beat on that ass. Emerging about the mother, police say, admitted murdering her eight-year-old daughter in Chicago's uptown neighborhood last week. CBS2 was first to tell you about a recent visit to the home by the state's child welfare agency. CBS2's Chris Ty live now in the newsroom with the larger questions that are still lingering about that interaction before the girl's death. Chris? Joe, this was a family on the radar of the Department of Children and Family Services for five years. Most recently, it was a domestic violence investigation that brought them back to that home. But one week now since the death of eight-year-old Amaria Osby and DCFS sharing very little about their visit to the home just hours before her murder. Hi, it's it was one week ago today the world lost Amaria Osby. Her family calls her an angel who in such a short time on this earth touched many hearts. An intelligent girl, they say, whose mother now admits to her murder. On tape, police say 38-year-old Andrea Hagler says she was on PCP in their uptown apartment when she asphyxiated Amaria after bedtime prayers. Her mother says she felt her daughter didn't love her anymore and she loved her dad more. The 8-year-old's final words were, Mama, stop. Hagler failed in a suicide attempt and is now charged with murder. Their home, later sealed off by the medical examiner tape, was visited hours before that murder by the state child welfare agency. The Department of Children and Family Services tell us they were investigating a domestic violence incident between two adults in the home. Last week, they told CBS2 there had been no allegations of abuse or neglect against the youth at the residence. They've modified that statement now while still saying there was no sign of abuse towards children here. The investigation of domestic violence falls under the category of neglect towards children inside. Sources tell CBS2 the little girl indicated to investigators that she was hit. DCFS neither confirming or denying that, nor sharing timelines, photos, or case notes about last week's visit or the one that preceded it. The family has initiated a GoFundMe page to pay for Amaria's burial services. And CBS2 has learned the inspector general, who oversees DCFS, has begun looking into how the child welfare agency handled the case. This case does meet the criteria for investigation for the office of inspector general, they wrote. The results will be released in our annual report in January. Now, these are complex cases, of course, where the well-being of the state's most vulnerable is on the line. Every day that DCFS's office has been open since we learned of Amaria's death, we have pushed for details on what triggered this latest investigation and what, if anything, Amaria said to some of the last people who saw her alive. Those answers still haven't come, and we will push every day to get them. When we do, you'll hear them here. Live in the newsroom, Chris Tide, CBS2 News. It was the last thing Amaria Osby heard before her mother suffocated her with a plastic bag in their uptown apartment last month. It was an explanation. Police say that mother told her eight-year-old she was doing it because the little girl loved her father more. Tonight, only on two, that father is speaking out, talking with our Chris Ty about the Illinois child welfare system that he says failed his daughter. Hi, it's you, Amaria. It's a day. She smiled every day all day she was the eight-year-old demarcus osby called his heart the father the tribe but says was repeatedly denied custody of the little girl had a disney cruise planned with her next month but a phone call last month changed those plans and his life when i got that phone call from my brother and he told me my daughter was dead Murdered just after evening prayers in her bedroom at the uptown apartment she lived with her mom, Andrea Hagler. 
Hagler confessed to police that Amaria refused to drink some bleach she poured for her. So, high on PCP, she covered her head with a plastic bag as her daughter shouted, Mommy, stop. She knew her mama was trying to kill her. Her last moments. Her last moments. And that's what eats me up even more. Hagler says she explained to her little girl why this had to be done. I killed my daughter because I felt that she loved her daddy more than me. It's that load of Girls cling to their fathers. Boys cling to their mothers. It's just human nature. So why did she do it? Marcus Osby thinks it had everything to do with a visit to the house just hours earlier by the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services. To be truthful with you, that's the reason why my daughter's dead. Because she told the truth to the agent. She told the truth. She didn't lie. What truth did she tell? That my mother was beaten up. When he came up from Texas to identify her body, he noticed evidence of that abuse. I saw bruises all in her face. That lets me know that her mother was beating her. And she wasn't lying. Where did you see the bruising? On the cheeks, you said? Back. Back. Her back. But in a statement to CBS2, DCFS said during their visit to the apartment that day, the investigator noted no signs of abuse. The DCFS workers that were here just hours before that murder are no longer on child protective duty. Why? Department policy says they're supposed to make contact, or at least try and make contact, with the family of a neglect call within 24 hours of the call coming in. DeMarcus himself made that call back in March, and DCFS did not make contact with that mother and daughter for 60 days. And on 59 of them, they didn't even try. What do you make of that, 60 days? 60 days, honestly, a slap in the face. They could have got her. They could have got my daughter. They could have got my daughter saved her life. We've asked DCFS for case notes on what they saw and what Amaria said that day, as well as what will happen to those employees. They declined comments, saying this is still an open investigation and there are ongoing criminal proceedings and we will not be commenting further. What is your message to the head of DCFS as you sit here today? You need to clear the whole building out and put people in there that really want to do this job. The little girl that smiled every day, all day, has now been laid to rest. But this father says he will not rest until some sort of change is made. Because it don't make no sense that my daughter is laying in the ground. 60 days after I made a call. Begging for help. And they never came. Never came. Chris Ty, CBS2 News. Child advocacy experts have called on DCFS to release all documents related to this case. Andrea Hagler is charged with first-degree murder. The DCFS director has been held in contempt of court a dozen times since January for the agency's failures in properly caring for or protecting children. The father of one girl who recently died while under DCF oversight says something needs to change. DeMarcus Osby is still in shock over the death of his eight-year-old daughter, Amaria. The young girl found suffocated in the bedroom of her Chicago home on May 25th. Authorities have charged her mother, Andrea Hagler, with the murder. The same system that's in place that was supposed to protect my daughter is the same system that failed my daughter. DCFS's history with the family dates back to 2017 when Hagler was arrested for driving drunk with Amaria in the car. In March, her father called DCFS after an argument with Hagler. Her mother had lashed out on me. 
afraid that she would pretty much take it out of my door. On May 24th, an investigator finally made contact with the family and noted no concerns. Hours later, Amaria was dead. In court, prosecutors told the judge that the mother confessed and said her daughter's last words were, Mama, stop. Cook County Public Guardian Charles Goldberg noting in a court filing that Osby is one of eight children who have died under the watch of DCFS in the last eight months, now wants a federal court to intervene. I'd like to see some very tight, enforceable deadlines to put DCFS back on track. He says Amaria Osby's death was preventable and that the judge needs to force DCFS to comply with a 30-year-old consent decree. So when you have workers who have overwhelming, untenable caseloads working in an inept bureaucracy without the supports that they need, uh, it's not surprising that um, we're seeing all of these children um, die in this. We shouldn't be bearing our kids. Our kids should be bearing us. In a statement, DCFS said the Department of Children and Family Services is deeply committed to protecting vulnerable children and strengthening families, and the loss of any child has a profound impact on the entire agency. DCFS went on to say the investigator and supervisor in the Osby case are not involved in child protective duties anymore at this time. The federal court hearing is scheduled for tomorrow morning, and today House Republican leader Jim Durkin is calling for public hearings on the agency. Back to you. The eight-year-old murdered by her mother for, quote, loving her father too much. CBS2 is always investigating, and tonight we've uncovered new documents revealing there may have been more to the motive behind Maria Osby's murder. CBS2's Chris Tai has been breaking new details on this tragic story for months. He is live at the Department of Children and Family Services with what he's found. Chris. Erica Amaria was murdered at the age of eight, but she had been on DCFS radar since the age of three. The Department of Children and Family Services admits several rules were not followed in this case, and some employees were reprimanded as a result of it. But now we are learning that there may have been a different story told to the public versus what that mother now charged with murder was told. Last May, Amaria Osby was eight when her mom tried to get her to drink bleach, later admitting to suffocating her with a plastic bag because she loved her father more. Just hours earlier, Amaria and her mom, Andrea Hagler, were visited at their uptown apartment by state child welfare workers from the Department of Children and Family Services, an office that failed to even try to make contact with them for 60 days after a neglect call on Amaria came in last spring. What do you make of that, 60 days? 60 days, honestly, a slap in the face. They could have got her. They could have got my daughter. They could have got my daughter and saved her life. Last June, Amaria's father, Demarcus Osby, told me he was the one who placed that neglect call. And he was repeatedly denied custody of the girl, offering his opinion on what motivated the murder. Because she told the truth to the agent. She told the truth. She didn't lie. What truth did she tell that my mother was beaten up. But this report, obtained by CBS2 from the Cook County Medical Examiner, sheds new light on what those agents saw and said to Amaria's mom hours before the crime. According to family members, the ME's report says Osby's mother had a meeting with the Department of Children and Family Services, and Osby was going to be taken away from her mother and placed in the care of another guardian. 
If true, it flies in the face of the Department of Children and Family Services version of events this June, which read an investigator visited the family and spoke with the mother and child. There were no noted concerns for physical abuse or neglect. We asked DCFS if they stand behind that June statement, and late Tuesday they told us if the investigator determined the child was in danger, DCFS would have taken custody immediately. DCFS does not speculate on future actions during an ongoing investigation, and in this case, no decisions had yet been made. Both the DCFS worker and supervisor on the Amaria case were pulled from child care services duties. One of them has now been put back in the care of children and caring for kids. The other one, we don't know. DCFS wasn't able to put a finer point on that for us tonight. Amaria's dad did not want to speak with us tonight. Her legal team, her family's legal team, says they just received today the same documents that we received today. It's too early yet for them to comment. We're live in the South Loop. Chris Ty, CBS 2 News. Chris, thank you. A new report from the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services Inspector General says more kids are dying despite involvement from the state's child welfare agency. It's an issue WGN Investigates has been reporting on for several years now. Joining us now to talk about some of the findings is Cook County Public Guardian Charles Goldberg. Thanks for being with us. Hi, good evening. All right, let's start with that finding of 171 children died in the past year despite being in DCFS being involved in their lives. That's the highest number in 20 years. Uh, why do you think that's happening? Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling. And it's, it's largely, they, they have a, a critical shortage of investigators. Um, in fact, they've been under a court order for years to improve their investigator uh, caseload ratio. And DCFS has been out of compliance with that court order for years i mean it's just common sense when when investigators labor under untenable um absurdly high caseloads they're not going to be able to uh, to do the work so dcfs points out that 105 of the 171 deaths were accidents or, or natural causes and i was actually surprised to read in the ig's report that the second leading cause of death for a child under dcfs's watch was a gunshot wound how, how can the child welfare agency be expected to prevent that? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, gun violence among our youth is, is, is a huge problem. So the 171 children who died on DCFS's watch, it, it includes all categories um, of abuse. It includes kids who were uh, uh, abused and, and killed by their parents um, while DCFS was investigating the case or providing services. It includes children who were killed in foster care. It includes random gun violence. It, it includes the whole gamut. Um, but it, it is a, a piece of the puzzle of how DCFS is doing. And the number continues to get worse and worse every year. And 171 children, it's up more than 40% from last year when the number was 122 children. And as you mentioned, it's the highest number in at least two decades, more than two decades. I want to ask you about a, specifically about a case that we've covered extensively, and that's the murder of eight-year-old Amaria Osby in Uptown last summer. DCFS was, was contacted after a violent fight between her parents who were allegedly using PCP. Uh, the inspector general confirmed some of our previous reporting that said DCFS made no attempt to visit Amaria to check on her for two months. Then a new case investigator was assigned, and that person visited Amaria the day before she was murdered and actually said, that she was safe in her home. And it was hours later, of course, that police say her mom confessed to suffocating her while, while high. I, I, how does that happen? I mean, you have 
a DCFS worker in the house. Amaria told the DCFS worker, I feel safe, and still, you know, she was murdered. Well, this was a case that cried out for, at a minimum, um, DCFS monitoring and drug treatment for the mother um, and services for the family, at a minimum. Um, this was not DCFS's first involvement with the family. And in fact, the, the prior involvement also involved allegations of, of drug use. Um, and this, this report in, uh, involved allegations of drug use and um, domestic violence, a big fight in front of the child. And DCFS is required by law to see the child and to talk to the family within one day of a report of abuse. And if they're not successful in doing so, they have to continue trying each and every day, yeah. including weekends, including holidays, until they're successful in doing so. And DCFS's regs specifically say that if you're not successful in seeing the child at the home, you have to try other places like school, like daycare, like other family yep. um, family members. And right. DCFS did not do anything in this case for two months and then they're in the home and the, the next day the child um died it was a, it was a tragedy and this is the, yeah. the, the, the mother admitted taking um pcp before she killed amaria this was really a case you have to wonder if dcfs was actively involved with this family during that entire two months that they they knew of this child that they knew of amaria um it it seems clear they would have known that this mother needed uh drug treatment um, supervision of the family uh, services. Yeah, but there and was that, that two-month gap there. Um, we've got to run, but I yeah. do want to say big picture, DCFS released a statement about the Inspector General's report that says that the report uh, covers more than 425,000 children uh, reached by the department through its work, which is 55% more than a decade ago. So their caseloads have gone up big time. Charles Colbert is the Cook County Public Guardian. We appreciate your time and your work on this issue. Eight years old. Eight years old. Had a possible fulfilling life ahead of her. Possibly could end up being a future teacher, a future district attorney, future CEO of Google. That little girl had an open future. An open book. Pages just wasn't beginning to be written on. But yet, had to see her demise by her own mother. The one person who was pretty much sworn in to protect her and raise her and love her. This little girl's last words was, Mama, stop. That whore killed that little girl while being high on PCP. Then try to kill herself drinking bleach and putting a bag over her own damn head. I have a problem with that. Don't try to play victim like you want to just say you had postpartum or you was depressed. You were sad. No, 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 no. Ma'am, you know exactly what you were doing. How do I know? Because if you were that depressed, one thing you'll be definitely good at is offing yourself. Drinking enough bleach. Hanging yourself to where your mind doesn't click in and make you untie the knot. Or how about old reliable? Getting the trigger and pulling, getting the gun and pulling the trigger. Right between the eyes. 
You see, men are good at committing suicide. We have the highest rates, whereas women have the highest attempts. Men are good at what they do. Ah, what can I say? It's a very bad stat, but nonetheless, women are horrible at Xing themselves out. Understand something. I sound like a repeat offender. I sound like a scratch CD. Children are the least protected among society. It's not women. It's not black women. The least protected are children. Don't let anyone tell you any different because whatever they say isn't true. Reported rape cases, domestic violence, drugs in the hood, none of that equates to the protection of our offspring, our children. These children can't defend themselves. These children can't feed or take care of themselves, adequately at least. These children can barely speak for themselves. These children need their parents. And the agencies that set up to help protect them from monsters like this behemoth fail them day in and day out. No one bats an eye. You mean to tell me this woman was in the sight of DCFS for five years. Since the child was three years old, no one took the child. No one gave the father temporary custody at the very least. No one tried to save that poor little girl. That little girl was kept in the mom's custody while she was being watched for five years. No one stopped to think she may have been safer with the father. No one stopped to think five years is a long ass time to have one or multiple abuse cases open and are pending. No one stopped to think in the five year span, this guy may not be lying. No one stopped to think in a five-year span, this broad just be, just may be a menace to the concept of parenting. They even went as far as to basically ignore the neglect report made by the father himself. And DCFS didn't get in contact with that whore for upwards of 60 damn days. Little bit about me. I tend to watch that prison show 60 days in. Some of those people on that show 60 days in, some of those people tap out faster than DCFS jump on reports. That's sad. Then they want to say they're understaffed. Well, hire more people. Here's a thought, and it might make sense. I can be wrong, but this thought just may make sense. Hear, hear your boy out. Hear me out. How about hiring some men and women, some male and female social workers that actually give a fuck about the children they're visiting and may need to save? How about that? See, I wholeheartedly believe, I mean, I mean, social workers, DCFS, caseworkers, whoever, if a child dies after he or she was deemed in a quote-unquote safe environment and the mother or father or significant other of the parent, whoever kills that child. The caseworker for that child should go to jail. 
and never work in that field again. Because their wrong decision could possibly be the deciding factor in that child losing his or her life. Because had it not been for that caseworker's filing of papers stating and or lying about that child being in a safe environment and yet the child is killed anyway, that caseworker should be locked up. And the person of whom killed said child under DCFS's watch should get the death penalty or at the very least life. Amaria Osby was only one of 171 children who died in the last year despite DCFS's involvement in their lives. And what do they say? It was the highest number in 20 years. How many of these children seep through the cracks every day? Think about it. How often are these children forgotten about and just wasn't killed? 171 deceased kids all died while under the investigative eyes of DCFS while Amaria Osby's case was called in by her father and no one touched the basis for upwards of two months. If that's not neglect on their part, I don't know what is. Screw the mom. I hope she dies in jail. I hope she gets everything coming to her because she deserves nothing but death for the reasoning and the way she X'd out that little girl. This needs to be about Amaria Osby. Say her name. Amaria Osby. Remember it. Let's not lose it among the plethora of names and children I've reported on in the past. These children need to be remembered and not forgotten about next week. Because of the new Madden, because of the new NBA 2K, or because of the new Call of Duty, because of the concert, because of Dave Chappelle Comedy Show coming to your city. Remember that little girl's name. Remember it. Remember Amaria Osby when you, when you hug and drop your kid off at school. Remember that name when you hug your little niece or nephew. Remember that name when you sit that plate of food down in front of your kid at the dinner table. Because there's a father who can't do that. Because his kid was wiped off the face of the earth by an ancient bitch who did a terrible job at killing her own damn self. Remember that name. Amaria Osby. I'm out, ladies and gentlemen.